It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Hoodat Nation, and welcome to Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com, and as always, I'd like to start off every episode with a big welcome and thank you to all of our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Hoodat family, and welcome into Wednesday's episode of Locked On Saints. We'll start off today's episode with a quick catch-up on some Saints news, including the signing of Lyle linebacker Will Compton and which Saints rookie wide receiver is making ripples across the NFL landscape. Then we'll take some questions from the Locked On Saints listener line. Uh, We'll take two in the second segment talking about Saints defense and running back depth and then we'll wrap up the show with a look at where the Saints have improved or gotten worse over this offseason. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Let's get started with our lead story of the day with a quick catch up on everything you need to know about your New Orleans Saints after the day off. So the Saints have signed linebacker Will Compton, the six foot two, 235 pound linebacker worked out with the Saints yesterday during the day off on Tuesday and was signed this morning. We talked a bit about Compton in yesterday's episode covering his tryout with the team. He's mostly played in the middle of the second level and three, four defenses with Washington and then had a switch to four, three with Tennessee last year with the Titans. He played only 80 snaps with the Titans last year in 2018, but totaled 16 tackles and a forced fumble, which isn't bad for such a small sample size. Of the 69 games that he's played so far in his career, he started 35, 286 tackles over that time, but just under 200 of them came in 2015 and 16, where he also tallied 25 of his 35 career starts. So this is a little bit of a fresh start for Compton, who's missed some time recently due to injuries in his career. The signing is likely more reflective of Craig Robertson's injury as opposed to Alex Anzalone's, and puts Compton in prime position to battle for a little bit of depth, but will have to perform really well in order to be able to catch up with the impactful starts of the preseason by both Vince Beagle and rookie Caden Ellis. Compton does join the rest of the mix with former Jet Josh Martin and Darnell Sankey, who spent some time with the Saints last year. It's a bit of an uphill climb for him, if I'm being honest. But if he can put some of that starting experience to where he can get back to his 2015-2016 form, then he might be able to stake his claim at the roster. Otherwise, he's really just helping to ensure the freshness of the linebacker core, helping to maintain the numbers needed for the rotation in practice. Uh, Chris Clark, who, as we expected, was moved to injured reserve after his injury in the preseason game against the Chargers, is the one that opened up the spot for Compton to be signed. Now, a young wide receiver has been a big-time standout for the Saints and is garnering a lot of attention outside of New Orleans, and it's not the one that you might have imagined from a couple weeks ago. Instead, it's Assumption College, an all-NCAA division leader in return touchdowns Deontay Harris. He's drawn a lot of 
praise from multiple sources outside the Big Easy, but most notably Pro Football Focus. PFF has graded Harris as the top returner in the NFL this preseason with an 86.0 grade. His individual 73.6 kick return grade puts him second behind only Jacksonville's Keelan Cole, and his 84.7 punt return grade makes him fifth. He's also carrying some hefty averages that we just simply are not used to seeing in New Orleans. He has a 28-yard per kick return average, and well, which is fourth among players with at least three kick returns, and he has a 9.2 punt return average, which makes him tied for sixth among those with at least four punt returns. So for comparison, just looking at last season, Timely Lewis took three kick returns in the regular season for 69 yards, averaging 23 yards per return with a long of 24. Deontay Harris currently five kick returns for 140 total yards with a 28-yard average and a long of 34. Timely Lewis also took eight punt returns for 60 yards, a 7.5-yard per return average with a long of 17. Deontay stands with six kick returns for 55 yards, so just a little below, but he's also got fewer returns with a 9.2-yard average and a long of 20. Six. So they might wear the same number, but they sure ain't putting up the same on the stat sheet. And remember, Deontay Harris wasn't even supposed to be the guy. That was supposed to be Marcus Sherrills, the veteran returnman signed by the Saints this offseason from the Minnesota Vikings. However, he's been missing time in practice outside of one quick appearance last week and hasn't participated in the two preseason games where Harris has made a name for himself. Still no update at this moment on the injury to Craig Robertson. However, we know that he is not practicing. Alex Antoloni, on the other hand, has started rehabbing, so he's a little bit closer to returning at this point. However, of course, the Saints not giving any update on Craig Robertson yet that may end up opening up another roster spot, depending on how severe his injury was. Remember, he said that he heard something pop, according to Deuce McAllister. So with the Saints and really every other NFL club not being required to report injuries at this point in the preseason until they get to the regular season. We just don't know what's going on with Craig Robertson at this moment, but definitely something to keep an eye out on because it may open up another roster spot depending on if he gets moved to injured reserve. And then that would potentially end in another signing to add some depth to the offensive line because the Saints have lost two offensive linemen over the first two preseason games. So something to keep an eye out on there as the week progresses leading up to the Jets game. To keep up to date with more of this news and everything centering around your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, make sure that you keep it locked right here with the Locked on Saints podcast. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to take some questions from the Locked on Saints listener line, which you can participate in by simply leaving a message when you call 504-229-4265 and you hear yourself here on the podcast. If you have any questions, we're going to jump to our second segment, which is going to feature two questions, and then we're going to go long form with our final question in the third segment. But first, fantasy football players, make sure that you are listening to Vinny Iyer and the Locked on Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else because then you you are the same as everyone else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and keep you ahead all season long. It's a Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Find it on your favorite podcast provider today. All right, y'all. If you are like me, then you have many jobs. You are working throughout most of your day. And when you come home, you just want to get in your sweatpants, sit on the couch, and maybe watch a game of football and just chill out. Maybe listen to your favorite podcast, the Locked on Saints podcast. I wouldn't blame you for that. But let's say you don't want to cook. You're trying to relax. In fact, you want to pre-order so that food is waiting for you soon after you get home. DoorDash is the way to go. Restaurant quality food, 
living room dress code. DoorDash connects you with your favorite restaurants in the city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and wait for your food to be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off of their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked On. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, $5 off your first order from DoorDash. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Huda Nation. Coming up, we're going to take a couple questions from our Locked On Saints listener line, 504-229-4265, if you want to participate in that. But we just got some news from Herbie Teope of The Advocate. Sean Payton announced just now the signing of Will Compton, as we already discussed, but also the signing of offensive lineman Fasaya Owalaje, uh, who is out of northern Colorado. He's one of the bears out there in the big sky country. So uh, probably next episode, we'll go a little bit more in-depth on the six foot five, 305 offensive lineman talk a little bit about him and a scouting report there. Uh, to make room for that signing, the team also waived long snapper Nick Moore, so no longer any competition at lines. There was no, there was no competition there at all. Alright, so let's jump into our first question here from the Locked On Saints listener line. What you got for me? This is uh, Kevin calling in from Frisco, Texas chilling in Cowboys country, man, but you know I'm repping who that to the fullest. Um, oh, I just wanted to call in again, man, and uh, talk about this preseason game number two um i know we won but it was a pretty ugly victory man uh wasn't too happy with a lot of things um just got a question man should we be worried about the way the defense is playing man it just seems like you know these these second string quarterbacks man are looking way too comfortable uh you know, playing against us. So is that something to be kind of concerned about? I know, I know it's just preseason, but I'm not really liking how our secondary is playing too well. I mean, I know we got an interception the first half, uh, but I don't know, man. I just see, I see a lot of open field and, and these second and third strings, man, they're making a lot of, a lot of plays on us, man. They're even with the Vikings game, man. These guys are looking like first string quarterbacks against us, man. Is this something we should be concerned about? And another thing I wanted to talk about too, man, I wanted to, see a little bit more action from Emmanuel Butler, man. I've been hearing a lot about him and, uh, you know, how great he's doing during practice. But, man, the fact that he did, he played 25 snaps with absolutely no no plays at all, man, no no, no receptions, man. Uh, is that something to be concerned about, too? And then uh, I also wanted to talk about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, man. What, you know, I was really excited about this kid. I wanted to see what he can do during preseason and uh, you know, outside of a few, few plays that I've seen, I mean, I really haven't heard from him too much. Uh, you know, is there a reason he's not he's not being involved too much? Uh, 
But anyways, man, just just wanted to throw those out there, man. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Love the podcast. Big who that to all the family out there, man. Y'all take care. Bye. Kevin, thanks as always for calling in, man. A big who that back to you. Uh, so we got a couple of questions in there. That's why I played the whole thing. So I'm going to quickly address the the last two and then go back to the first one. Uh, Emmanuel Butler, don't worry about it. I mean, look, he was pretty much stuck playing with a sick quarterback. And then he had a great throw actually placed right to him from Taysom Hill and it just bounced off his face mask. Uh, so that was really on him. But I look forward to seeing him against the Jets. Very likely we'll see Drew Brees for a series or two. And because of the chemistry between Drew Brees and Emmanuel Butler, I I expect Emmanuel Butler to get a couple of reps with the first team during that time. That's when I really expect to see something from him. I'm not worried about it at the moment. He's got a lot to prove because he's got to show that he can do what he's doing at in practice out on the field. But I'm not too concerned about that at the moment. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, look, he's somebody that they're moving around all over the place. He's not able to find a rhythm. You heard me talk just a couple episodes about all the different places that he's played along that defense so far. Don't get too shook up on that. There's nothing to be concerned about there. They're working him out to figure out where it is that they want to work with him, and that's just what that is. He's even on every single, except for field goal block and extra point block, every single uh, special teams unit as well. So they're keeping him busy. Now, coming back to the defense, simple answer, no. Uh, The defense looked actually really good in that Chargers game all the way down to the reserves. Remember that this game was sealed by an interception from a former Tennessee volunteer undrafted free agent, Colton Jumper, who was a rookie last year and got embarrassed during the preseason last year, makes a big play this year. The run defense was great against the Chargers as well, struggling after struggling against the Vikings. They allowed only 3.3 yards per carry in that game or in the second preseason game against the Chargers. And the passing game did look better. Yes, PJ Williams got beat, but Chris Banjo blew that coverage on the same play and that's just simply not what you're going to see in the regular season lineup let alone the regular season we saw some excellent plays from the secondary by starters like Von Bell as well as some depth guys like Justin Hardy Marcus Williams is actually yet to be targeted in the preseason even though he's played just as many snaps as Von Bell so they're not even looking his way when he's on the field don't get me wrong Von Bell plays in the box so he gets a little bit more attention down low Uh, linebacker depth is also looking great the Saints have gathered up great um, possibly a really good communicator in the middle with Caden Ellis, who can also rest the passer. Wes Horton ate a ton during Sunday's game, providing six total pressures during that time. Trey Hendrickson is looking great. He also just got two sacks in today's practice, as well as the interior with some combination of Malcolm Brown, Mario Edwards, and David Onyemata are out there. They all, that that unit looks great as well. So not really a lot to be concerned about come the regular season roster with what you've seen so far this preseason. Yes, the starting secondary struggled in the Vikings game. Yes, they've given up the eighth most points in the preseason, but that also includes a pick six and a punt return being counted against them. Yes, they've also allowed the third most yards per game over those two contests, but yards don't win games. You simply can't allow yourself to get too invested in what you're seeing out there for better or for worse. So that's why I say no, no need to be worried about this defense right now there. And the word that I'm going to use here is fine. They're not the worst defense in the NFL, nor are they the best. This is the preseason. And either way, what you get from the preseason doesn't have anything to do with what's going to translate into the regular season. They're fine. And that's a good thing. Remember, we haven't even seen Cam Jordan in with this defensive uh, defensive lineup yet. And the bump plays that you've been seeing for the most parts and the big chunk yardage plays are coming at the fault of guys that either won't make the 53-man roster in the first place or that you're hardly going to see on the field during getting meaningful defensive snaps. I'll tell you the one thing that 
does bother me, though. Both P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson have given up perfect passer ratings when targeted, and they are the two highest tallies in yardage allowed in coverage on the team with 29 and 32, respectively. However, Robinson did get beat for a big play on a double move playing on the outside, which is out of position for him in the first game against the Vikings, and Williams got beat last week when he expected to have some safety help over the top because Chris Banjo was trying to play cover one from the line of scrimmage. Now, that irks me, but again, they're not scenarios that you're really going to see during the regular season, so don't get too invested in a struggling defense at this point. All right, our next question comes from Keith from Los Angeles. Keith, what you got for me? Hey, Ross Jackson. This is Keith. Uh, Keith O'Leary from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Faithful listener, man. Love the show. Uh, I had a question um, about the direct backup. So last year we had we got Teddy Bridgewater to back up Drew Brees because obviously Drew Brees is the most important person on the team. And then we even got Jermon Bushrod to directly back up Teron Armstead because those guys are very important on the team. So my question is, how come and does it concern you or anybody else for that matter that we didn't invest in a direct backup behind Alvin Kamara um, that can do the same type of things Alvin can? So God forbid if anything ever happened to Alvin, our offense would be in shambles, I feel, over overnight because there's nobody to really do the same thing that he can. Like a Darren Sproles, for instance, or or anybody for that matter who's like a scat back, change of pace, out of the backfield type person. Yeah, so yeah, that's my question. Who that? Thank you for the great question, Keith. We got a lot of people calling from some version of enemy territory all over here. I hope that you make it out to that week two game against the Los Angeles Rams. So look, here's my here's my simple answer for you around the Alvin Kamara question here and getting a, a, an immediate backup to him. Simple answer is that there simply isn't one, right? Everyone in the league has been trying to secure their own version of Alvin Kamara since he was drafted and showed out in 2017 and has failed. However, but the way that I see it, now the sort of the, the long form answer here, the actual answer, uh, the way that I see it is that they did try. They tried with signing Theo Riddick. You'll remember earlier this offseason, even though he ended up signing elsewhere. Uh, look, this offseason would have probably been a great time to bring in an immediate backup for Alvin Kamara, especially with Tevin Coleman on the market and a couple of other guys. However, the primary concern this offseason became getting a, him a running mate. And that focus of energy yielded a great talent in Latavius Murray. Now the market is simply dry with, run, with running backs until roster cuts. This was one of the reasons why I was actually interested in the Saints potentially trading for Duke Johnson. They ended up not doing that can't blame them with what the Texans have given up a potential third round pick for him if he plays in more than 10 games but look the Saints have brought in their own little versions of AK that they could find everyone on the market has been in the Saints seemingly number 37 jersey uh, Buck Allen Rob Kelly theoretic they tried to bring him in but again he signed with the Broncos he would have been the perfect example of exactly what you're talking about Jaquiz Rogers five foot six kind of scat back he's one of those guys that can do a lot of things there and then now also Kerwin Williams formerly of the Cardinals who can do a little bit of both catching out of the backfield, running from the backfield, and also is, has some return potential as well. They've even worked Latavius Murray into lining up out wide in practice. So they're looking at how to piece together all of that, but really this offseason came to about became about finding him a running mate. And I still think that they're trying to find that guy now, but it's a little late in the market. So wait for roster cuts at the end of this month, and if a great dual threat ends up hitting the market, let's say Boston Scott again from the Philadelphia Eagles, that's where the real excitement will get started for you. Big thank you to both Keith and 
again, Kevin, for calling in with those great questions. Again, if you want to be featured here on the podcast, just leave a message at 504-229-4265. Happy to answer your question, address your concerns, anything you got for me, get you featured here on the podcast. Coming up next, we got one more question for you. It's going to be a little bit more long form. So first, I want to tell you about the Locked On NFL podcast because it is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows in the country with the expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast for all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow the Locked On NFL podcast now on your favorite podcast provider. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, family, we are going to close out the show with one last question from the Locked On Saints listener line. Again, if you want to participate in that, it's 504-229-4265. Just leave a message, get yourself featured here on the podcast. So this next question is coming from, I believe it's John, couldn't tell. If you call back again, tell me one more time what your name is so I can make sure I get you credited here. But here's our first question, our last big question, rather, uh, for the day. Hey, Ross Jackson, this is Josh DeSormo. I'm kind of a new fan to your podcast. I love the content you put out. I've been listening probably every day for the past three months on my drive to work. Love it. Um, my question is, I was wondering if you could grade our each position group uh, from 2018 to 2019, kind of comparing where we've improved and where we have declined. Um, I'd love to, to hear your opinion on, you know, if you think that our unit this year is either a lot better in some areas or all around just a lot better than it was last year. Um, also, quick little uh, info I thought you might appreciate. My girlfriend is a Bears fan, and we're going to the Saints game, the Falcons game on November 10th. We got tickets, and she wants a Taysom Hill jersey for the game, slowly converting her to the dark side. Love it. Who that? Thank you for the great question, homie. Uh, yes, convert to the dark side always. Make sure you get that color rush Taysom Hill jersey as well. All right, so this is my disclaimer for everyone before I dive into this question. There have been some of you that have been upset with me because sometimes I speak too quickly and I don't take any breath or I, you know, I, I, maybe I just don't pause or anything like that. This is a big segment and this is a lot of information, so I might speak a little quickly. So I'm at least giving you a heads up this time. I've been trying to slow myself down, but that ain't about to happen right here. So here we go. Grades for every single position group for the Saints, 2018, 2019, have they improved? Have they declined? Try to get through these quickly so the episode doesn't run too long. Let's get it. All right. Quarterback, last year, giving them an A. This year, giving them an A. This is simple. Same group. Same group of quarterbacks minus uh, JT Barrett, who was on the practice squad last year anyway. So the Saints are fine here. It's next season that's a big question because none of the guys that are sitting on contracts right now 
are on contract for next year. They're all sitting on expiring contracts this season. Running back, last year, A, this year, this is my only adjustment right here. It's where I'm doing like a B plus. Usually I'm just doing flat letter grades because I don't believe in the A, A minus, A plus thing. That That's screwy. But the drop here is mostly due to the fact that we just simply don't know how Latavius Murray fits in the system just yet. Not with two preseason games. So we've done some, you know, we've seen some promising things throughout the preseason so far. So I expect that things are going to go well here, but it's just not logical to say that we're exactly where the Saints left off in last year's tandem of AK and Mark Ingram when we don't necessarily know exactly how uh, Latavius Murray works with the Saints just yet. Last year for wide receiver, giving him a C. This year, keeping them at a C. You're probably going to hate me for this one, but look, the same logic applies here as to the, the running back conversation. Michael Thomas carries the weight of this unit, but the next leading wide receiver behind him was almost 1,000 yards behind him in receiving yards last season. The Saints have effectively returned the same top four unit that finished in 2018. Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., Traquan Smith, and Keith Kirkwood. It's going to be up to guys like Emmanuel Butler, Cyril Grayson, or Simi Cobbs, Lord Jordan Humphrey to be sort of the X factors, along with the healthy Ted Jr. with an improved season and hopefully also seeing a step forward from Traquan Smith. And also, of course, let's not forget about Austin Carr, who I'll remind you has a legitimate shot at making this roster. Jumping over to tight end last year, big old D this year. I'm improving him up to a B. This is a huge improvement here with Jerry Cook being added. I love Ben Watson, but Cook, light years beyond what the Saints had in tight end last year, that entire unit he's better than on his own. You can go ahead and give them a better grade last year if you want to be more fair than I'm being based on the grounds that they were really an excellent group of pass blockers and a group, great group of blockers altogether outside of Dan Arnold, but I'm choosing to be unfair here. Last year's unit altogether was not good. Cook totaled more receiving yards on his own than the combination of Ben Watson, Dan Arnold, and Josh Hill last year combined. So that that's it for me. Uh, offensive line last year, give him a B. This year, I'm going to keep him at a B. Look, there's there's a loss and, and a gain here. Replacing Max Unger is always going to cause a drop, but the depth this year looks a lot more reliable than last year and what the Saints dealt with at the end of last season. Let's jump over to the defensive side. The defensive line last year, giving that a B. This year, I'm going to knock it down to a C for the time being. Losing Sheldon Rankins and a lot of unknown quantities right now makes me drop this grade just for now, though. Um, look, there have been some promising looks from the starting defensive interior of the preseason during the preseason so far. And like I mentioned earlier, we've yet to see this unit operate with Cam Jordan. So with that being the case, that could end up skyrocketing it once he gets into the mix. But definitely something that I'm keeping some caution about. Y'all have heard me say over and over again that this is the unit that I'm most concerned or position group that I'm most concerned with going into 2019. Now jumping over to linebackers, I'm going to give last year's group a B and I got to give this year's group a B because they're returning the same starting unit. Unit, but with some mix-up in the in depth with Caden Ellis impressing and the apparent leg injury to Craig Robertson, depth still looks like it's capable regardless of the potential loss of Robertson because of Caden Ellis and other guys that are stepping up like Vince Beagle. I think that this is a unit that was vastly underrated across the NFL, but was very much appreciated by Saints fans that understand a little bit too well poor linebacker play. Now I'm just going to group the secondary as a whole here. Last year, giving them a C. This year, 
I'm giving him a B. And I'm going out on a little bit of a limb on this one because the fact of the matter is that the secondary improved like crazy late last season after Eli Apple was added. But you can't ignore how much they crapped the bed earlier in the year, hence the lower grade. So that's why they get the C for last year. This year, I expect the secondary to be improved with an earlier with earlier standout play from Marshawn Lattimore, a full offseason with Aaron Glenn under Eli Apple's belt, and some time to train in the slot for P.J. Williams, who sort of found that role last year, and of course, Patrick Robinson with his new unit because he didn't get to participate once he wasn't available to participate once Eli Apple was added. Same thing goes with the safeties that help run all this communication, returning that entire secondary unit from the end of last season with added youth of Saquon Hampton, should he make the roster, and CJ Gardner-Johnson is just really, really promising. And then finally, special teams last year, giving them a B this year. I'm going to go out and give them an A. Y'all know that I'm hype about Deontay Harris. Let me explain this one. Special teams takes a hit last year due to the lack of return game, but they have one of the better coverage units in the NFL, allowing a league low 60 punt return yards in 2018. They were fielding some of the best gunners in the league with Banjo, Hardy, and Taysom Hill, who, by the way, we have not seen participate in special teams, unsurprisingly, so far throughout the preseason. We'll probably get back to that during the regular season. They, of course, have a pair of the league's best when it comes to kickers with are handling all of your kick duties with uh, Thomas Morissette as your punter Will Lutz as your kicker so they're handling everything there and they're some of the league's best but now the return game looks to be revitalized with the presence of Deontay Harris and if he makes the roster as I expect him to do at this point the special teams and Darren Rizzi get a huge boost over what Mike Westoff and the unit had available to them in that element of the game last season so I do expect the coverage unit however to take a little bit of a step back in 2019 but not too much and not enough for me to keep him from to keep myself from raising this grade because of the excellent return game it looks like the Saints are in store to have in 2019 bam done every single uh position unit graded last year this year improvements where they didn't improve i got all of it for you right here thank you so much for the great question man make sure you call in again let me know exactly which name it was couldn't tell if it was john or josh either way homie thank you so much for the call everybody as always thank you so much for being here uh coming up for tomorrow's episode i'm going to continue to update you on everything that went on during practice today getting you ready for this jets game on saturday saints are about to start traveling so news is going to get a little bit light so hopefully we'll get to do a few more fun things like we did here make sure you jump into the locked on saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. Leave some questions for me there. And of course, call in to the Locked on Saints listener line so that you can get your questions featured here on the podcast as well. So we got a lot left to cover throughout the week. Lots of news to help get you ready for Saturday's game. But as always, I'm going to say, like I always do, thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. And of course, be sure to subscribe if you're not already drop that five-star rating and review thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust you that nation i'll holla at you if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.